Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. So it's Mercy Ministry Sunday, uh, which means that we are going to focus on God's heart for those who are having a hard time. Did you hear that? God's heart for those who are having a Yeah. Sometimes you're having a hard time because of stupid choices made. Sometimes you're having a hard time through no fault of your own. Circumstances conspire together. Whether whether you're having a hard time because of stupid choices made or things totally out of your control or a mix of the two, there is a God who is merciful. Amen? There is a God who is merciful. There is a God whose heart is moved by our troubles. And we're going to focus on that side of his nature today. And we're going to think about various things that are going on in the church. So that our heart together is caught up with the God of mercy and the mercy that he brings. And our calling to show mercy. Amen. If we've, shown, if we've been shown mercy, then we are called by God to show mercy. And if a Christian isn't merciful, you need to stop and ask the question, have they not realized what they themselves have received? So we're going to hear some, some updates, we're going to play a game, I'm going to preach, we're going to respond. So let's give it up for Malcolm, who's going to share about Food Bank. Malcolm, come on. So Good morning. Well, the Food Bank started in 2012, so it's been going quite a long time. And uh, it started originally at uh, Chalk Farm Baptist Church, which served us really well as a, a premises for a number of years. Um, and we have recently moved our center of uh, distribution center to uh, the Congregational Church in Kentish Town, because it's much more accessible, easy to get to uh, with public transport. And our food storage is now also uh, where the church office is in the same building as the church office. So that's a much better setup now. We've been working on that for the last couple of years, trying to move those two things so we can serve the community even better. So um, it runs on Thursday mornings from 10.30 to 12.30, and it serves uh, a small group of people that come, uh, a a sort of fluctuating group of people, really, Um, sometimes very, very busy. I was there on Thursday, and uh, just hearing some of the stories, you know, I was talking to one lady, and she'd had a really tough time for the last two or three years. Her daughter died suddenly a couple of years ago. Uh, she, her house was nearly repossessed, um, so she was really struggling. She's got a master's degree. She's trying to work towards getting back into work. Um, so she was going through that. I met another lady who was uh, just uh, coming to the food bank from Ukraine, and she said, uh, I've been living in the UK for a year. She was 73, and she'd uh, been disrupted, sort of had to displace, come from Ukraine to the UK uh, a year ago, learn the language, and she was in need as well, of course. So um, there are all sorts of stories that you hear on Thursday mornings uh, as you interact with people that uh, come to the food bank. Um, The food bank is run... um, by a food bank manager. We've had a food bank manager, Adrian, in place uh, doing that role for the last eight years. Um, Done a fantastic uh, uh, job, really, of just sustaining that and developing it to some extent, uh, particularly through the pandemic, which was really difficult. Um, And Adrian's just got a new job with Trussell Trust. Um, Trussell Trust are an organization that have a network of 1,200 
food banks across the country they look after um, support those food banks so she's just got a, a job as an area manager with with uh, Trussell Trust so it's a really big job 19 food banks is going to be looking after uh, which is an amazing role uh, she's going to start that very soon um, so we're looking to replace Adrian we're just in the process of doing that and then we also have um, somebody called Claire Maziri, who is uh, on the team. She's part-time working on the food bank, looking after new volunteers and recruiting them and, and helping them to uh, sort of training them up and get involved in the food bank. And she's also uh, responsible for thinking about outreach. Claire is, we, we were hoping she was going to be here today, but she's on holiday, unfortunately. She goes to another church, but she's a real evangelist. And just on Thursday, when I was there at the food bank, I was saying to her, how, how are things going? She said, well, we had a bit of a problem with the delivery from Tesco's and that sort of thing. But she said, but somebody became a Christian today. Um, so a lady called Marie, I think her name was, but just a really tough time uh, recently. I've been coming to the food bank and Claire just felt prompted to ask her whether she wanted to give her life to the Lord. And she responded positively and did that. So Claire's a real evangelist. And there are other volunteers there that are equally passionate about sharing their faith and praying for people regularly. So Thursday morning, I was, there was a couple of our team praying with one of the clients on one side of the room. There were three other people praying on the other side. There were people waiting to get their food. Uh, we, we talked to folks. We, we give them a cup of tea and a, or coffee. Um, so it's very, very interactive. It's not just sort of give them a package of food and off you go. Uh, it's very much trying to care for the whole person. Uh, just one or two statistics. Um, here we go. So the food bank issued 821 food bank parcels in the year from uh, April 2022 to March 2023. That served 1,263 adults, 712 children, and that's a total of 12,419 kilograms of food. So there's a lot of food being moved around and shifted to help those who really need help. Uh, so it's a wonderful work, and we want to keep keep it moving forward so let's keep praying for the food bank for those that access the food bank keep praying for a new food bank manager to start very soon which we are hopeful will happen uh, and that we'll see people saved and added to churches locally as well okay Steph. just to say we haven't plugged for a while you know the sort of call out for volunteers on a Thursday morning, and you know, sometimes it's just impossible in terms of people's jobs and stuff. But if you're looking to get involved, we would love to increase the, t the volunteer team from people from Rev. We've got wonderful people from, from other local churches, and actually, many people not from churches at all, not, from, not, not, not believers, but help out on the practical side voluntarily. We've been immensely helped. But if you're hearing this morning thinking, you know what, maybe. Maybe I could spare two hours on a Thursday morning or every other Thursday or once a month. Please do speak to Malcolm. Um, we really want to make sure that this is being owned in the heart of the church and that it doesn't just become something that's kind of out there. And the more of us that are physically, relationally involved, the more that will be the case. So please just stop and have a little think about whether that might be something you could build into your schedule there. Good morning, it's great to be with you guys today. For those who don't know me, my name is Ruth. I go to um, the church in Bassett Street down the road. 
Um, so it's great to be back with you guys. Um, yeah, quick intro about CAP for those who don't know what CAP is. It stands for Christians Against Poverty. Uh, it's a national, international charity um, that work yeah, all around the world, through the country, working through local churches into local communities, um, helping them to reach uh, people who are in need in the, in the areas. So ours is the, the Camden CAP Debt Centre that Rev runs. Um, so the Debt Centre enables us to go into people's homes in the area um, to help them with their debt. So we're literally kind of meeting them where they're at um, in their need and no barriers there um, and just able to go and you know help them through that journey to becoming debt free whilst also going in the name of Christians Against Poverty so we get to share um, the good news of Jesus as well um, offer prayer um, again just you know we know that's the real hope that we carry it's amazing to be able to offer hope like in terms of finances and practical needs but actually um, what is even more amazing is to say like you know actually Jesus um, is even better. Um, he can he can help you and he can um, save you as well. So that is amazing and what we love to do. Um, and I've got such an amazing team of volunteers who come out with me on visits. Um, some from Rev, some from Bassett Street. Because um, just really been uh, really good actually over the last couple of years, just building people who um, together who just love Jesus and are really passionate about um, sharing that good news, which just makes my job so much easier and so much um, better. And yeah, it just means that like we're able to. Um, really reach people um, and share that good news. So um, over the last year, I think we've, just to give you kind of an idea of how many people we meet over the year, we've seen um, 40 new clients. Um, so not all of them will stay working with CAP, but it just like, from that first meeting and just being able to share and pray, um, five people or five families have become debt-free over the last year, which is amazing. Um, so just... Yeah, incredible. Obviously, that's just there's a figure, and I wish I could share all of the stories, but time is limited this morning. Um, but just from going from that place, um, we often meet people where there's there's such fear, there is such stress, um, there is yeah just such uh, overwhelming practical needs to then getting to a place where actually they can say, I can sleep now, you know, actually. I can, um, I've got enough money for food. I've got enough money to set aside for future needs. Like that's amazing um, and just, yeah, amazing to see that hope in action. Um, obviously, this year has been quite busy just with the uh, cost of living crisis um, has kind of upped that pressure for people who've been on that level of, okay, I'm coping, and then it's just kind of pushed them under. So um, we've been just very aware of that and wanting to, um, yeah, kind of, get the word out more but we're also limited in terms of how much we can do um, but actually uh, over a year ago I think before the kind of cost of living kind of became a thing there we, I was at a rev prayer meeting and we were just praying for cap and there were a lot of words about um, you know expanding and growth and the same as what I was feeling so we were like right what are we going to do um, so we ran a half marathon as you do um, to raise some money for cap um, so shout out to Tuli and Abby who were our rev representatives um, and we raised over 4.5k, which was amazing, um, and which meant, along with another grant um, that we got, we were, have been able to employ Vivian, um, which is so good. So, yeah. um, so Vivian is starting this week, which is really exciting. <laughs> good timing; it wasn't planned. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just going to ask Viv a couple of questions. Um, so they are. Um, okay, so Vivian, why are you so excited, and I know you are, to work with CAP? <laughs> uh, because Jesus said what you did to the one of the least of uh, brothers and sisters of his is what he what did to him. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. 
Um, and what is it that you would love to see God do this year through CAP? Yeah, I just want to witness how Holy Spirit is working after, of course, we introduce them, uh, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to them. And I want to witness, you know, uh, wonderful works of Holy Spirit. Yeah. Actually, if anyone knows Vivian, they'll know she's an amazing evangelist. So I'd love to just pray for her now. Um, if anyone just wants to come up and just lay hands on Viv, but um, I'll just pray a short prayer um, so we can just um, pray for her as she starts this work this week. Um. <laughs> Give a couple of minutes. Um. Yeah, Father, I just thank you so much for Vivian. I thank you for this incredible provision that you provided the funding, but then also just this amazing woman of God to come and to, yeah, do your work, to release her, to go into the community, to meet people, Lord. And yeah, I thank you that um, you have anointed her for this work, Lord. You've anointed her to go and share the good news, um, to break um, uh, bonds, to bring freedom to captives, to open the eyes of the blind, Lord. And I just pray that you would, um, yeah, just be at work, Holy Spirit, in her and through her um, as she starts this, and that we would see many people set free from debt, but also from the debt of sin as well, Jesus. Um, so we just pray for her, Lord, would you protect her and bless her. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, if anyone, um, obviously I said we've got an amazing team. If you are free in the week or you'd love to just hear more about CAP or come and pray for CAP, then come and grab me after. I'd love to, to share more. Um, I'm now going to hand over to Priya, who's going to share a bit more about um, another kind of branch of CAP, which is our CAP money courses. Hey, everyone. So, yeah, as we've said, CAP does so many things. And another really effective branch of what it does is they produce this amazing resource called the Cap Money course. And this is kind of a budgeting course that sets you up with really good tools for managing your money, but also gives you amazing resources to like do it in the long term. And a few of us here at Rev are trained Cap Money coaches. And so what we do is we can go out into the community or with churches and run this course over a few sessions. Um, so a bit of an update about what we're doing. We recently did one uh, between Rev and Bassett. Well, recently it was freezing, so it must have been in February or something. Um, and... That was great, and what we were able to do, it's quite an adaptable course, so we also had more of an emphasis on stewardship and what does it look like as Christians to like dream about what our money could do for God and then what are the practical steps we can do to get there. Um, and then really excitingly, three Monday mornings in May, Ruth and I had the huge privilege of going into Luminary Bakery in Chalk Farm, which is an amazing social enterprise. They make amazing cakes, would highly recommend their cafe, but they also work with women who have been in vulnerable situations to do a whole skills and employability program. And they love us to go and do three sessions with them. We do the Cat Money course. And just, it was so amazing, like going in there, obviously we get a lot of free cake and coffee. <laughs> huge draw, huge draw. Um, but <laughs> working with all these different women, we build real relationships with them over the three weeks. Um, and just the kind of, for such a hard topic and such a stressful topic, especially at the moment where there's so many kind of structural problems and people are in such, it's kind of such hard situations. It is amazing to just offer this free course as a way of practically loving people. We pray at the end of the sessions and it is incredible to see changes in the ladies we work with and like how they feel and this, this peace and this sense of ownership and possibility and hope about money um, when that's previously felt really heavy and overwhelming. So I think... Uh, yeah, it's been a real blessing to go and do that. Um, I think we're aware of the huge potential of this course. Job centres are really keen for us to go in and do it. Primary schools would love us to go into them and do it with parents and things like that. So I guess 
at the moment there's like me and Ruth doing it. Um, but there's a huge potential. So it'd really value prayer for where this could go. Um, but I'd also kind of call out like maybe you can't um maybe you can't commit regularly to food bank or cap visits, but you could spare three evenings a week to do a course and um, to kind of help run a course, or maybe you get volunteering days at work, which is what I use, and you could do those three Monday mornings a year. Um did I say three evenings a week? I meant three. That's a huge commitment. I meant three evenings a year. <laughs> Low commitment is what I'm going for. But very high reward. Very high. Um, so, yeah, basically, I'm aware that it's like happening a bit more on the sides. But I just want to get you guys excited about the huge potential of this course. If you're excited about being at the intersection of where Rev is in the community um, and like loving people really practically, but building relationships as well and drawing them in, there is huge potential here. So if it's something like it's a day's training and then you know we'll get you all equipped to run the course. But if this is something you'd love to look into, uh, you could maybe participate in once or twice a year, um, please do come talk to me. And otherwise just really value your prayers because we have a big vision and currently not loads of resources. And there's, yeah, there's huge excitement about what it could do. So thanks guys. So I'm gonna read to you from Isaiah 61 and um, Children, this is one of the most extraordinary passages in the Bible, so please listen carefully. And ask you, I'm going to ask a question as well after I've read it. I'm going to read four verses and then ask you a question to talk about together. So please listen carefully so you've got, you know what the conversation's about. Isaiah the prophet said this, and Jesus himself also said the same thing. Jesus took up this scroll of Isaiah and read it, read it, and said, today this is fulfilled. So this is about Jesus, okay? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Amen. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Conversation time in groups of three or four. Who are the poor? Who are the poor? Can you talk about that in groups? Turn to your neighbor, left, right, behind, in front. Who are the poor? The gospel is good news to the poor. Who are they? You got two minutes. Okay. Anyone want to volunteer any short definitions from where you're sitting? Key words maybe, Levi? <laughs> short definitions? Those that lack? Those that lack anything or just anything? Anything. Those who lack anything. Those who haven't got much? Those who haven't got much spirit. Interesting. Those who don't, those who don't know Jesus, students, 
students. Okay, here's what it means. Here's what the word means. The word means, uh, it's where we would get our, our um, phrases and terms like depressed. It's those who are low. So one way you would describe it is those who are low either in their mind, they're down, or through circumstances. So those who are either have been, have, feel like they've been, they've, they've been pushed down because of what's going on in their head or in their heart, it's got them low, or because stuff that life has thrown at them, it's got them low. And I guess obviously very often there's interaction between the two, though not always, not always. But there's a, there, that's why we, words like lowly, those who have been just the pressures of life, pressures of thought of mind and heart. The Bible says the gospel is good news for those people. Now why? Well, let's, let's think a little bit about why the gospel might not be good news for those who are high. If the gospel is good news for those that are low, why might the gospel not be good news for those that are high? A few thoughts. Number one, gospel gets in the way. When you're high, when life's, when you're, you're buzzing, everything's, the plan's working. You know when the plan's working? It's working. My dreams, my dreams are being fulfilled before my, everything's falling into place. Yes, I'm, I'm living the dream. Someone comes along and tells you about Jesus, that can be a big inconvenience right there. That could be a really big, that could get in the way of things. Because Jesus might have some things to say about your life. Oh no, don't mess it up. We've just found the groove. Things are just starting to happen so it can get in the way. It can seem irrelevant. It can seem very, very irrelevant because life's fine. What are you telling me about this Jesus stuff? Look, this just stuff's working out. It can even be offensive. How, how, you know, how can someone suggest I might need forgiveness? I might need to get right with God when, you know, look, I'm not doing any harm and things are working out. And, you know, I try to remember people that are in need. And, it, you know, it can, it can offend that sense of, you know, where you feel like you're okay. Because obviously if a message of forgiveness is something behind it, which is you need forgiveness. And so the gospel is actually not good news in everyone's mind and heart. See, one of the comments was those who don't know Jesus. But actually for a lot of people who don't know Jesus, you tell them the gospel, you tell them about Jesus. It doesn't seem like good news at all. I find it quite annoying or a nuisance or offensive. So let's think now about why is the gospel good news to the poor? Why is it good news to the lowly? Here's why. Because you feel, you know you're lost. You know you need help. And there's a message of a king full of compassion. A king who cares. That's an amazing thing to hear. There's a king, there's a lord who cares about me. It's beautiful. It's not inconvenient at all. In fact, it turns out you weren't too busy for Jesus because everything was falling apart. But I actually has some quite strong things to say about the temptation that comes when life works. Actually, it's maybe not, it's maybe not the, uh, it's not all we would hope it would be. And it can actually lead us to a place where we are distracted from things that really matter and from things from, with eternal consequences and you can just get so caught up in your pursuits 
pursuing the dream that actually you can numb yourself to eternal spiritual realities. You can become numb to it. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Maybe the gospel is good news to the poor because so much needs fixing. Maybe the gospel is good news to the poor because actually through what you've been going through, your pride and your self-assurance has taken a bit of a battering and maybe now you're a bit more open to listen to a message whereas before you felt you were doing just fine. It's a strange thing, life. No, no one in their right mind would wish bad circumstances on anyone, right? But sometimes it's the, the bad circumstances we go through or the, the struggles that we have that can actually be used by God to lead us to the best place we've ever been. Now, there's a strange irony in that. I don't understand it. It's complicated, but it's a reality. Many people would testify to the fact that before they came to know Jesus, they were in the lowest place they've ever been. And through that, they were in some strange way, their heart was prepared to hear the good news. This is good news to the poor, good news to the lowly. Now, this means that a church should not be a place full of self-assured people. Full of people who feel like they're better or more righteous than anyone else because of anything they've done. In fact, quite the opposite. The church should be a place full of people who recognize their deep need and that Jesus has come and have mercy. Amen. It's good news to the poor. Someone, someone paid the price for me. I was in debt, as we've been hearing about today, but no one from CAP could fix it. <gasps> I was in a debt and CAP couldn't help. That's right. There's a, there's a debt that even CAP can't fix, but CAP can point you to the one who can fix it, Jesus. Well, what is that debt? It's the debt of our wrongdoing. The reality of that, the things that we say and do and think we know we shouldn't, the things we don't say that we know we should say, it, it's, it's a problem spiritually, alienates us from God, from knowing him. God so loved the world, he gave his only son, amen, to hang on a cross, to take in himself, in his own body, on that tree, our sins, so we can die to sin and live for righteousness. That's the good news. And if you know you need forgiveness, that should that should come like that should come like uh, a sun ray through the clouds on a British June day. Oh wow! That should come like a, a shower in the evening on a humid day. He's he loves me. He's come for me. This is good news. Maybe you are then you are depressed. You are low. You know it. You you're low. You might not told anyone. No one might know, but you know. You're low. The Bible says this message is good news for you. It will meet you right where you are with the love of Christ. Bring peace. And dare I say it, joy. And I'm not saying that Christians never go through seasons of depression and melancholy. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there's a joy that God gives through the gospel that goes deeper than that. Goes, it operates underneath that. And you might be having a low season, but you know God is with me. It's incredible. Good news to the poor. Mercy. And the way we share this gospel as a church is this. And I want to say this. As a church, we share this gospel in three ways. Number one, through our good works. You've been hearing about them today. Okay. One of the ways we share the gospel is practically we demonstrate the love of God through the way that we live. That can be in an organized way through Cap and Food Bank. It could just be as you go about your daily life. 
that there's a sense in which you know that you certainly haven't been saved by your good works, but you have been saved for good works. And God has prepared good works in advance for you to do. And there's opportunity after opportunity to demonstrate the love of God. Amen. Kids in the playground. I remember when I was at school, kids, there was, um, it was always, there was always certain kids that the other ones would pick on. I think schools are a bit better now and they, 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 get, they deal with bullying a bit better. Now. In my day, it was brutal. You know, you had the kids that were bullied and they were the kids that were bullied. And it was sad. It was sad. And I remember one year, I deliberately invited one, one of them to my birthday party. Him and one other kid, my best mate. And it was a bit awkward. So I didn't really know him that well. But I just thought, I bet no one ever invites him to their birthday parties. So I want to invite, I want to invite him. Because I've, I've been brought up around the kindness and the love of God. My mum had showed me it. And so it just kind of bled into my heart. You know, just showing kindness is so powerful. But it's not just works, it's also words. That, we, that when people ask about, why are you like that? Or, you know, why do you seem perhaps a bit different? You can say, Jesus has made a difference in my life. I will, I will just challenge us gently with this and say, don't start talking about church. Church didn't change anyone's life. Jesus did. Now I know, don't hear what I'm not saying. Now we speak on the importance of church. You know my heart for, for the church. But actually, you know, it's wonderful when people come and visit our church, but we really know they need to meet Jesus, don't we? Personally. And then it all begins to fall into place as they become part of the church. So it's so important that we talk about him that we take the J word on our lips. It's tricky because sometimes you think, I'm going to say Jesus in a minute and I know that the atmosphere is going to change. Anyone ever experienced that? Any of you kids in the playground talk about Jesus and people laugh or people act like, what are you talking about? I've definitely, you know, you think sometimes I said Jesus and you think, oh no, I feel really weird. I'm feeling myself going hot. I'm talking about Jesus. But the Bible says that that's the name with real power in it. So it's important we talk about Jesus. And then so there's works, there's words, and then there's wonders. Wonders. So the Bible talks about those who believe in Jesus, that certain signs and wonders will follow them. That, that things like healing and, and miraculous answers to prayer, which is another reason why the way we witness, we offer to pray for people. We say, can I pray for you? What do you need pray for, prayer for at the moment? Because we believe in a God who answers prayer. Amen. So you can say it in a nice way, not in a pushy way. And if they say yes, say, right, I'm going to pray for that. And the next time we see them, how's that going? So they can, they can oh yeah, well, that's changed now. And it can, be, it can be, all of this is part of how we bring the good news to the poor. There's so much loneliness around, so much sadness and depression, isn't there? So much. And uh, we've got the message, folks. And I'm not, and I, what, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that, you know, you have to wait till your life is perfect before you can share, because none of us can share if that's the case. All of us have got our struggles. But if we know Jesus, we can talk about him. Amen. I want to just finish with this. Then we're going to have a little bit of time of response. We're going we're to break bread. We're going to respond. When the Bible talks about looking after the poor, actually, it's most of the time talking about looking after the poor in the church. More than it's thinking outside the church. Most of the verses, if you read them and study them, you'll see it's actually focusing more on looking after the poor in the church. Now, having, poor, having the poor in the church assumes you've done evangelism to the poor. 
it also assumes this, that in our number, among us, at any given time, there will be people that are depressed in mind or in circumstances. Are we looking after each other? Are we, are we treating each other gently and compassionately? Are we making room for each other? Or are we judging each other? Or are we being harsh? It's so important that we look after the poor. I was talking to someone the other day. I said, if you've got a church where you've got someone going on a holiday three times a year and someone else has not been on a holiday for three years, that's probably a problem. That's probably a problem there. Because this life's not all about holidays, but it's these little indicators of just things that can cheer us up, make things better. Very practical church life often, very practical. It's so important that we, that we, the Bible says that when you take special care for those that need it, that's the same as treating everyone the same. I'll say that again. When you show special care to those who need it, that's the same actually as treating everyone the same. That's how you end up with equality in church life by showing special care. So I just want to ask you to have a little moment to ponder as well. In the life of the church here, is there anyone that just needs a bit of special encouragement? Special care. You need to be praying for more than you have been. Maybe sometimes there is a practical financial need. You're aware of it. Maybe you're in a season when you're flush and you know that person, I know they're in a bit of a tight spot. Pray, Lord, do you want me to be a channel of your kindness and mercy here in this moment? It's so important that we catch God's heart for the poor. I want to say that as a church. It is so, and you might think, Steph, look, everyone's struggling at the moment. I know they are. <laughs> I know it's not an easy time to be alive, full stop. I'm aware of that. But if we let that allow our, make, make our heads go down so we get into the habit of only thinking about ourselves, we've been defeated by it, haven't we? Time lapse in response, but I'll keep going anyway. <laughs> we've been defeated by it. We are those who have met with extraordinary grace from God. It's totally appropriate that we learn how to abound in grace ourselves so we can help those who are struggling with health issues, mental health, physical health issues, those in straightened circumstances, those among us just from tough backgrounds and so they just, they just carry stuff with them that, 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 that takes them a bit longer to kind of shed or grow out of because of what they've been through. And we have to just take account of that and really, really show special love to those people. God's heart for the poor is massive. So I'm going to pray. And then the, what we're going to do, the band are going to um, come. And if you guys could do the Tim Hughes song. And this is just for us to meditate on. Just to, You might know it. You can sing along. But we'll stay sitting down. But we'll watch, watch the words and just allow, allow our hearts to be touched by God. And then after that, um, maybe while we're actually doing that, if the Connect team could um, hand out the bread and wine, that would be great. After that, we, we will, we'll break bread together and then we'll finish. So, Lord, we just want to bless you and thank you so much for the heart you've shown us. Such mercy, such kindness, such an overflow that your heart was stirred by our predicament and you moved towards us in love. And I want to pray, Lord, just for grace to come on us as a church, fresh grace, abounding grace, Lord, from heaven. Lord, that we would be able to receive your love freshly and cheer our hearts with your love and be able to, Lord, spare, spare grace for others, pour out kindness to others. Lord, that our church would be marked by genuine, godly love, we pray in your name. Amen.